It's Murphy Houston, and if I'm with you on a Sunday morning, it's time for Mile High Magazine, and I am so glad you are here. And I'm very glad to have a very well-spoken man by the name of Jason Thompson from Western Governors University, VP of D-E-N-I, which is an important topic these days, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Jason, thanks for coming to Mile High Magazine this morning. All right. Thanks, Murphy. Excited to be here. Happy to talk about diversity, equity, inclusion, and, of course, sports. I think we're both big sports fans. So oh, yeah. Well, happy to be here. We'll have to keep forward. on the main topic, but we could talk about March Madness, too, but we won't. Exactly. <laughs> but before we get into it, explain what Western Governors University is, what it's all about, and then we'll get into the topic so our listeners know if they're not familiar. Yeah. Western Governors University is a fully online um, university, one of the largest in the country, actually. A lot of us uh, had not heard of it, I, I would imagine, but... Um, we have over 120,000 students currently enrolled. Uh, it's fully online, and it's at your pace. So it's a university that's very much built around people who have jobs, who have lives, and are trying to continue their education. So uh, very unique university, and uh, definitely one that I would consider if I'm looking to upskill, for sure. Good point right there. Well, for those that don't know, Jason manages the day-to-day operation and works to establish WGU's, Western Governors University, as a thought leader in the DE&I space. So, Jason, let's get to this. There's been a great deal of discussion around diversity, equity, and inclusion in sports. And how has that played out in the sports world these days? Yeah, you know, I think probably most recently would probably be the Rooney Rule, you know. Sure. Um, you know, when we look at coaches in the NFL, that's been probably one of the biggest challenges. And currently, as you know, there's a lawsuit. So that definitely brought the attention back to the Rooney Rule. And for those who don't know, that rule was implemented almost 20 years ago. And essentially because there weren't very many African-American coaches specifically in the, in the NFL that got to the head coaching. So their response was to create a program where, you know, teams had to interview at least – one coach of color, and I think now it's two coaches, and they also yes. expanded it to some of the leadership positions too. That's for that's for sure. And you have worked as a D E and I leader for the U.S. Olympic Committee in the past, and Denver has D E and I officers at the Broncos and Rockies and other organizations here. How do you think this uh, is elevating the conversation? Is it getting better? Is it worse? What do you think? Well, I think it's a little bit of both. You know, I think. Um, People would like kind of a quick resolution, and I think that's been our challenge, to be honest with you. Um, it says something that the Broncos hired a chief diversity officer. I think the Rockies have one. As you mentioned, a lot of the major sports organizations are looking to do that. Um, so to me, that's a good thing, that we need to start having this conversation that I think I always say, you know, you're not supposed to talk about race and politics. And what are we asking people to do? Talk about race and politics. <laughs> so true. I, I, yeah, we're, we're kind of at that point where we got to have this conversation. But I think what will happen is hopefully uh, if we have it, we can start getting some resolutions and hopefully overcome and, and create sports that look like people participate and the fan base. Well, and, and it's good to talk about it. We can't just think about it and stare at the issue, can we? we got to get out and talk about it. Yeah, I, that's such a good point, and I think that's been the, the major challenge. And, you know, my example here is if you look at the NBA, 75 years this year they're celebrating, and they also launched the WNBA, which is a great thing. But a lot of times you think about diversity and inclusion, we don't always talk about gender, and you're looking at – WNBA, I mean, half the coaches, I think, historically have been men, but on the NBA side, they've never hired a woman to be head coach. Um, you know, there, there's some work to be done there. And our diversity work isn't just about race. It has to expand uh, and have that kind of conversation because women can obviously coach men. They've coached in the WNBA and, WNBA and have success. It, you know, it's time to see that opportunity expanded to women in coaching. 
Well, and it is more, too. I, I believe there's some uh, female coaches in, in the NFL these days, is there not? There are a couple, yes. So, you know, that we haven't seen anybody at the head coach level, but definitely at the coaching level. I believe a baseball team also added a coach to their staff this year. So we're, we're making some progress, but I think we have to be very intentional and have this conversation, kind of how we started this. You know, right? It's uncomfortable, but it's one of our facts. We have to be intentional and make change. Oh, absolutely. So let's talk about the shifts you've witnessed that are having a positive impact. You kind of mentioned a few just now of the women coaches getting involved, which is really positive. I mean, I have three daughters. They all have sports, and they've coached Little League, and I get excited when they get involved. But at the higher level, it's exciting. But what else have you witnessed? Yeah, you know, um, the Rooney Rule has as good as it is bad. You know, it hasn't quite produced the outcomes that we'd like to see as far as coaching, but at least it's pushing us to have this conversation Women are starting to see some. I, I think we'd all like to see it move faster. Um, but I think it's actually raised it to the visibility of that we can have this conversation. It is uncomfortable, but it doesn't make it wrong. And so we've seen some some positive moves here, some coaches who've really, you know, the coach with the Spurs, um, you know, he, he's always had a woman on his staff, at least for the last 20 years. Um, so there are coaches and individuals who've taken it on themselves when they have an opportunity to make change they have. So I, I think there's some things here that are looking very positive. So what do you think the pushback is? You just mentioned a second ago that it's taken time. It's still taking time. Why is that? Why, in the times we're in now, it's not more open-minded and it's moving along quicker? Well, I think it's probably because we've never had this conversation. You know, I, I think most of us can relate to saying, you know, you go to Thanksgiving dinner, you don't talk about race, you don't talk about politics. And that's been our natural response. We've, we've also said, oh, I don't see color. But it actually undermines what we're actually trying to achieve is that, you know, uh, if, if I had cancer, we wouldn't say, hey, I can't see cancer, so it'll go away. We would we deal with it, right? We're very right. intentional. Right. And it's like any other thing. We've got to be intentional and say, okay, we have this outcome that's uncomfortable. Why are there no coaches? W- what are we doing? What is the process? How can we have an honest conversation about committing to outcomes and making change? Do you think it's a generational thing? that the older coaches, the older team owners, older whoever are kind of resistant because they don't understand or they don't want it? What do you think? Yeah, that's a good point. And I think it's a little bit all the above. You know, part of it is um, people don't understand it. We also, I mean, honestly, most of us race. We don't talk about these things. And now we want to talk about it. That makes us uncomfortable. I, like most people, when something makes me uncomfortable, I move away from it. Right? Uh-huh. That's kind of our natural response. Yeah, right? it is. It I'm is. asking you as, as, a, you know, as a diversity officer, I should violate all the things you were raised with. And, you know, I'd like to think some of our younger generations are a little bit more comfortable with it. Uh, we're not quite there yet. You know, I think there's still a lot of work to be done. Um, but I do think it's a generation that's more comfortable with the conversation than we've seen before, for sure. Well, I would agree because I, my kids, and I have four, a son and three daughters, and they're all in their 30s, even early 40s. They're completely open-minded, and they all have younger children, and they talk in front of the younger children. Is that how it's going to transition down, how it's going to open things up and be more conversational? Yeah, I think our hope is our, our children are going to lead in this space and help us. And, and hopefully also, um, because they're more willing to have these conversations that we kind of grew up with that we shouldn't have, will help us. Because, you know, compli- issues around race have been very complicated. That's the other thing, too. You know, it was easier when you could go, when we knew, look, if black people can't go to the Walgreens, we all know what to do, right? You, right. You rally or whatever, and you make sure people, but now it's it's more complicated and nuanced. Um and so the conversation we're having is, why are there no black coaches? Like, how does a, a league go so far? And I think right now they have maybe one African-American coach in the NFL, 70% of the athletes. 
Um, this is a more nuanced conversation because technically they interviewed. Technically, we have the Rooney Rule. We're still getting this outcome. And right. I think everybody involved sees themselves as good people, but we still get this outcome, which means we have to have a very uncomfortable conversation, like what's going on in your interview process? What's the criteria here that is preventing coaches of color from getting the head coach job? That's well, more uncomfortable. It is. But sometimes you, you hear the response to that very question you just would throw out to a coach. Why isn't that African-American coach hired? Well, he didn't have the qualifications I I was looking for. That's an easy out, do you think? Yeah, and that's where it gets really uncomfortable, right? Because if you think about it, most coaches, especially the young coaches, and you know, if you look at the Super Bowl this year, I can't remember the two coaches that you know were in the Super Bowl, both very young coaches, both you know like the first head coaching job, so they didn't have the experience. They were hired on the potential. And that's the nuance that we need to start talking about is coaches of color who've never been the head coach have the potential, and you need to use that as a criteria because you can clearly win. I mean, we had two coaches, right, in the, in the highest level of coaching, the most visible football game in the world, and they were both first-time coaches. Yeah, so that's a good point. So you have to change the criteria and you use that for coaches of color. Good point. We're talking with Jason Thompson, VP of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion at Western Governors University. And Jason, how do you think this D, E, and I situation in sports influences other businesses and communities? Yeah, you know, the Rooney Rule, that's, you know, we, we kind of keep going back to it, but it did influence people outside of sport. We see other organizations and industries try to use something similar to make sure that at least um, people of color are being considered for these positions. Um, and so it does influence. And I think when I mean, that conversation is led in places that are so visible, that gives us a chance. I mean, the conversation about whether or not women can coach on the men's side, the fact that, you know, it's been done in baseball, it's being done in football. Hopefully we'll see more coaches in the NBA. This is kind of how those sports can lead in the space. Yeah, and, and I'm curious too, um, is the decisions these coaches or perhaps even as high up as the owners make about maybe not including, let's say a woman, since we're on that topic right now, into becoming a coach, are they worried about how the players are going to react to having a woman telling them what to do, lift the weights, work out more, as opposed to the coach they might have? Yeah, it, you know, I would say it's, it's um, that might be some of what they're thinking, you know, that equation of, well, women haven't been in this space. How are the athletes going to respond? But that comes with the territory. You know, yeah, if you look yeah. uh, historically for baseball, that's how we broke the race barrier with Jackie Robinson, right? Yeah, right. people didn't like it. But yeah. it had to be done, right? And so people are going to be uncomfortable. That's a fact. you got to get used to it. And the way we make change is to push into those spaces. Yeah, people are going to be uncomfortable, but that's no reason not to do it. Well, sure. And as more and more people see it being done, they will get used to it like they did, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, because that's how it works, right? Yeah. We had to overcome that. You know, it's not going to be easy necessarily, but some things, that it's sometimes hard to do the right thing. Well, yeah, seen a lot of that lately, haven't we? In in a lot of different worlds. So let me ask you this. How has uh, Western Governors University working to incorporate D, E, and I into its culture? I mean, 120,000 students, that's a lot of people. Yeah, you know, um, one of the things they did, they hired me two years ago to help launch their program. And we're actually changing our model a little bit. We're moving away from some of these one-time trainings. Uh, And so for our employees, we're going to do some things on a regular basis because, you know, we've been talking about talking about race, gender, LGBTQ, no matter what it is, it's uncomfortable. And we rarely give chance people a chance to practice it. Right. You know, if you think about any other concept, you get a chance to practice. We teach you a concept of like unconscious bias. Right. And that's all you get. And so we're moving towards now we're going to teach you it. And then every month have smaller group conversations. So 
so that people get a chance to practice. You know, I often hear people say, oh, I don't know what to say. I'm afraid to say the wrong thing. And the reason you feel that way is you've never got a chance to practice it. We never practice talking about race. Right. We never practice talking about gender. No wonder you're uncomfortable because there's no safe space for you to have the conversation. So we really, with our employees, are moving in that direction. And the hope is then that then transfers to how we work with our students so they can feel in an environment that's inclusive to them. Well, and that's such a great thing because there's been a lot of things in life. Think about when you sit down. I remember the first time I had a female doctor, and you're sitting down talking about personal male types. It was hard. It was difficult. Yes, but exactly. the more I did it, the more I thought, I'm real comfortable with this. This is the way it is now. Is that a, a good analogy? Yeah. It's a perfect analogy because that's the thing. Being uncomfortable with a new thing is normal. Like, we got to start normalizing. Yeah, you know, even if your first day in a calculus class super uncomfortable you know i'm not i don't know math it's you know you go to college your first day it feels very intimidating like sure. everyone else needs to know what's going on except sure. for you right this is pretty typical and that's what we've got to get people more comfortable with like issues around race gender right. you name it they're going to be like this yeah but for sure get through it yeah you got to fight right through it you really do like being in a big game you got to fight through it yeah. <laughs> to win exactly. or if, exactly. if you're behind so quickly before i let you go gosh we're running out of time already talk about this book you've come up with yeah, I appreciate it. The book's called Diversity Inclusion Matters, um, and uh, I wrote it. It's just basically how people launch diversity programs. You'd be surprised um, how many phone calls I got I, from people who are like, hey, I got the job as chief diversity officer. I don't know what to do. There isn't a great work out there. There's no books to help me. Right. Uh, a lot of it, the, the books were about theory. You know, this is theoretical. You should do this, but I didn't tell you what to do on day one, day two, and so uh, I was getting so many calls. Um, I was approached by Wiley, and they said, hey, you should do a book, and it's kind of a, kind of a 101 on how to launch the diversity program, what to look out for, uh, some best practices and that kind of thing. Great. And what's it called again? Diversity Inclusion Matters, uh, available on Amazon. I definitely appreciate uh, any support anybody gives us uh, purchasing the book. Well, we've certainly got the word out now. A lot of people are going to hear about that and check it out after this great conversation. Uh, Jason Thomas, uh, VP of DEI, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion at Western Governors University. Thanks for being part of Mile High Magazine this morning. All right. Thanks, Murphy. I definitely appreciate it being here. Yeah. Thank you for being on. And thank you guys for listening. Don't go away. We got more coming up. Mile High Magazine. I'm Murphy Houston.